listening to It's Complicated with your hosts, Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen. Still? Even after all these changes that have been going on, you would think, but no, still not Jen, the one constant that we can rely on. Thank goodness for that. And you can always rely on us because we're your resident best friends here to help you along your relationship journey, especially during this coronavirus pandemic where relationships are even more important than ever before. You can say that again. Think of us as your very own fun fairies bringing joy to the process and life right now and sprinkling love dust all over the place because it takes a village to date. And now it takes a village for all of us to come together and support each other. And we are your community. And you can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to tell a friend. Technology right now is all we have that's connecting us. So do your due diligence. Tell your friends say, listen, I listened to this podcast. It's so great. And now you need to know because we all have time and it helps us, you guys, because it shows that we have a loyal and growing audience so that we can bring you fabulous offers, which we have rolling in for you guys. So stay tuned for those great things. And it just keeps the lights on at the village that we run for you all. So thank you for supporting us. We're all in this together. We sure are. And while the world is falling apart around us, We know it's going to be okay because we have a life advisor, animal communicator, and soul trainer, Donna Dvorak, in to discuss why we shouldn't rush to the altar. Surprise, surprise, also because we can't do anything right now. How to secretly train your partner and why energetic alignment could be the answer to your relationship struggles. I cannot wait. All such great things and everything she has to say is going to be very useful in a time like this. So... Donna was born and raised on a small farm in the Czech Republic, which was the former communist Czechoslovakia. So when Donna was a child, she was highly intuitive. She was able to hear and see things which the others couldn't. And communicating with animals came really natural to her, which is so cool. Um, Since during communism, anything associated with spirituality or religion was basically forbidden, Donna was not really able to explore these gifts that she felt so naturally inclined to. Instead, she embarked on a successful career as an international fashion model, which is the obvious other choice, (laughs) working for all major designers and traveling all over the world, including the U.S., where she finally settled in Los Angeles. Here, she revisited her animal connection again when her beloved cat was repeatedly sick and no amount of veterinary care and medication would help. In desperation, Donna connected to her cat and using a stream of healing energy, She healed her cat in one session. I can't even. So amazing. Where was she when we were, you know, when we needed her back, when we were losing your precious baby? But all animal. I mean, it's just like such a gift and such a a mysterious thing too, like not being able to communicate with animals. So it's always something that totally interested me. I'm sure it interests like a million people too. Yes. Especially right now when like we need faith in other things. So. Since then, Donna, always a passionate animal lover, decided to dedicate her ability to help animals big and small. And we know that they can use 
all the help they can get. We're both very passionate about animal rescue and all the little fur balls out there. Yes. And just communication in general is so important. So Jen, how are you keeping it complicated in this quarantine, stay safe at home, pandemic environment? I mean, I don't know what's more complicated than the world we live in right now. So like, I don't even have to try. Thankfully, I'm the master at scheduling and routines. And like, I'm really content with monotony because I am a routine oriented human being. So I'm okay with like kind of doing the same thing every day. And I have found sort of like my thing that works. Like I get up, I've done the same thing that I would do if I were like leaving the house, but I just do it here. So like I wake up, I walk moat, I feed her, I make my coffee, I watch the news, I get started on like my work for the day. Um, and then like I finish that up. I, you know, talk to a bunch of different people that I need to catch up with, doing FaceTime more than ever before. And like, I gotta say, I really love it because it's forcing me to have conversations, like real conversations with people that normally would either be done over text or I'd wait to have that conversation until I saw them in person. So this is actually getting me to communicate and stay close with the people that matter because I know it's like necessary right now. Plus I have nothing but time. So between finishing um, a whole entire season of Love Island and catching up with friends and relaxing and getting all of my like actual like necessities done, plus some things that I've had on my list for a bit, like, you know, like, cleaning out my closet or my kitchen or whatever. So I've gotten to do a lot of those things. And it's been a really productive time for me. So I just feel for the people that have nothing to do and are very bored or like don't like making their own routine and they are not good with like creating their own structure and conventional like, you know, day to day stuff. But um, for me, it's been okay. And the one thing though, that is a little bit concerning, aside from like, catching Corona and dying and the fear of like the entire financial construct coming down, um, finding love. It's now like, I thought 2020 was going to be my year, but it's now essentially on hold because when you swipe on these apps, people are not necessarily as inclined to jump on something because they know there's going to be a very long time before they actually get to meet you in person. So I don't feel like anyone has a sense of urgency really. Um, the other thing is they're dealing with real problems, not like having to talk to strangers. So I kind of feel like there's a little disinterest there. But what I do like is that now if you do like match with somebody, you have to FaceTime. And we've said that like a hundred different ways, but FaceTiming is like a great first step where you don't have to get completely decked out to go meet somebody or waste any time. And you can really knock out a conversation, see if they are who they say they are and see if you have any sort of banter between you and then you'll know. And it's kind of like I said to you, Lauren, the other day that I feel like all the men went to war and like, I'm waiting for them to come home and like, they won't be back until Corona's over. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it's a really, it's like the modern day version of when that happened to our generations before us. And I think that you're right. Like the the necessity to connect is going to really start to surface in people and you're going to be able to tell who it's going to be able to, to, I think, show you, yeah, this is important to me or maybe it's not. And then in the, in, when all of this goes 
you know, back to normal, hopefully that's sooner than later and things just start, you know, turning into a new version of like everyday normal life. And like the coronavirus is not like a thing or a worry and it just dies down, hopefully, like then this could be something that will help you. It's made you stronger and more clear about what you want. But then it's also questions to like ask other people in dating, like, how, I mean, it wouldn't, you know, you probably wouldn't sound as general as this, but you might say something like, how did you deal with the quarantine or what did you learn about yourself or, and maybe not on the first date, but eventually you'll start to see like what that person did or how they handled it. And that could help you decide if you're like a match or not. You know what I mean? Because it really brings out very specific qualities in people and proves to you or shows you what you like, what you don't like, like what motivates you, all those things. So I think it's, kind of like could be a cool tool to help you realize things about yourself and then a conversation starter with other people to to show who they really are and what they really like. Absolutely. And I changed my profile to just say, um, looking for someone to quarantine with forever. And then I wrote, let's FaceTime and fall in love. And I love that. And, and FaceTiming, it, it, first of all, that's so cute. It's so right now. It shows that you're active right now and that you're in it right now and that you pay attention to this app. So you're there and you're present. But it is true. It really does help you communicate. And while it's not obviously the same as being in person, it is the next best step. And it actually makes sense. And Jen and I have talked about this. Like We think this is going to turn into the next step of dating because Going from texting on an app to like meeting in person is fine. It's just a bigger jump than going from texting on an app to FaceTiming, seeing the person, having a little bit more of a connection, and then meeting them in person. It's like the logical next baby step. So I think it makes sense and could end up being a thing. Well, and it weeds people out because I will tell you a fun fact that happened last night. So I matched with this guy that I thought was super cute on Hinge, and I was like, God, Honestly, this cannot be a real person. He's tall. He's attractive. He went to like Stanford undergrad and Harvard business school and all of these things. And I, it's funny, I sent a screenshot of his picture to a girlfriend who's also single. And like, she is sort of like in the same mind, like set as I am when it comes to being a little bit jaded and like, not trusting people out there in terms of what they're like really on these apps for. Like, do you really want to date someone? Or are you just here for like passing time? Right. So I send her a screenshot of this guy. I go, honestly, too good to be true. Gotta be a catfish. And she's like, that's hysterical. But yeah, totally think this guy's a catfish. Cause how can anyone be that great? And which is also sad, by the way, the underlying tone there is sad that we cannot believe somebody could possibly be that great. Right. So, um, Then we started chatting and the conversation was very slow and he wasn't really putting in a lot of effort or asking me any questions. And I finally like made like a cute joke and I was like, well, so what are you doing on this app? You seem so great. Like what brought you here? He said he just joined. And I was like, did you just get out of a relationship or like, what's your deal? So he started talking and then he said, oh, like it seems like girls don't really like they have like low expectations because you're the second person today that's made a comment about me being like not real potentially. And I was like, yeah, like, well, whatever. I believe you. And I'm still not really believing him that he's like a real person. So he was like, Oh, you want to grab a drink? And I'm like, does he not understand what's happening in the world around us right now? So I was like, well, given that we can't leave our houses, probably not, but I'm happy to do a FaceTime and we'll have a drink that way. 
And so he like agreed and he's like, well, I have really busy weeks, uh, nights this week because I'm like still working from home. Um, but how about Friday? And I'm like, sounds great. And I was like, I'll even get dressed up for this. And he wrote me like, or he sent me the emoji of like clapping. And I woke up to the emoji of him clapping and then looked back at the app to see if like he'd written me anything else today. And I was going to be like, Hey, how's your Wednesday? Whatever. He was gone. He unmatched me. Oh, I guarantee you it's because he was a catfish and he did not want to go down the route of like having to face me on Friday or like he was going to have to face you in person. What is wrong with people? I don't understand why people catfish and I have to like, unless he was a murderer. Yeah. Yeah. And I asked him, I was like, you're either catfish slash murderer or like something else, but like, what is your deal? Cause you just seem so great. And so I think because it was moving toward like actually me having to FaceTime with him. Yeah. He was like, let me not bother with this girl. I'm not going to like get anywhere with her. So I'm going to unmatch. Wow. Stanford and Harvard, dead giveaways. Not very many people do both of those things. No. And like, that was just too obvious. And yeah. it, it, I don't know. But anyway, it was sad because I was like, honestly, is this ever going to happen for me? And this is totally slowing me down. But at the same time, I'm still on them. I'm still swiping. And I agree. And it's just changing the landscape. And I do believe, although I've had my moments, which I will get into, that this is all going to come to a halt and an end and things will go back and be, you know, that we'll have new and great perspective on what really matters and things that are important and how to slow down and be present and not hurt the earth and all of the things that are going on. It's a good shakeup, but I, I do have confidence it will come back. I just hope that it's sooner than later. And the reason why I hope that it's sooner than later is because like, just for me personally, I'm about to have a baby. And so everyone has stresses right now. It's not just me. I mean, there's, everyone has a specific stress in their life that is affecting, it's being directly affected by this thing. And mine just happens to be bringing human into the world. So I hear from most people, this is like the biggest thing you'll ever do. And obviously I think we all know that anyway, but you don't know it till you're in it. And it's just sort of like, it's a little disappointing that the joy is being sucked out of it. And I understand that the overall importance, and maybe this is a lesson, like those things aren't needed to bring a life into the world. You don't have to have a baby shower. You don't have to have, you know, um, decor a nursery even. Like the baby just needs you. So it's like extras that aren't needed really, but it's just, um, you know, letting go of those things is sad. Um, and of course I hope that everything just happens like in a healthy, safe way, but even that is starting to look scary for me because, you know, we just found out that maybe like partners won't be allowed in the delivery room. New York is doing that right now and LA is probably next. So it's like, I don't want to do this without my partner there. And while he doesn't need to be there for any of us to survive, it's just like, it keeps feeling like every time I wake up and a new day comes about, there's another thing to add to the mix of like that normalcy, that everyday sort of thing that most people have had in the past is not there anymore. And so it makes me feel scared that it's going to get down to like, you have to have a baby in an alleyway by yourself or something like where, when is it going to end? You know, like when does it stop? Um, I don't know if you guys all saw that Sylvia Brown excerpt from her book, The Psychic Sylvia Brown, that's like floating around the internet. 
but it talked about this coronavirus. She like she um, predicted it. And I think Kim Kardashian posted it, but then like it became kind of like a viral thing. And she said this. Have you seen it, Jen? No. Okay, so I'm just going to read it to you really quick. Sylvia Brown was a famous psychic. I and uh, Jen and I believe in this kind of stuff. And also uh, we have an, int- an intuitive person on our show tonight. So it's sort of in line. She said in around 2020, a severe pneumonia-like illness will spread throughout the globe, attacking lo- the lungs and bronchial tubes and resisting all known treatments. Almost more baffling than the illness itself will be the fact that it will suddenly vanish as quickly as it arrived, attacking again 10 years later, and then will disappear completely. How crazy is that? When did she say this? She said this in 2008. Good Lord. Also, that's really weird that she said it in 2008 because that was like when we like went into a depression and now this is driving us into another one. And that's so odd, but like, I don't want to spend the next 10 years waiting for this to happen again. No, well, basically she's, yeah, she's saying it's going to come and go. And then 10 years later, it's going to happen again. And then we'll completely vanish. So who knows if they're going to come up with a vaccine. And all of this is just a psychics excerpt from a book. But like, I kind of believe in that like that. So I feel like that has, weirdly, call me crazy, but that has made me, given me a little comfort. I don't know. It just, because I think I just believe in stuff like that. So I think, well, geez, like, I don't know. Anyway, I, I think that I hope and think that this is going to come to an end shortly and hopefully we can bounce back better than ever and stronger than ever. But it is for me specifically a very scary time because of what is happening in my life personally. But I also understand that there is a lot of other people who are experiencing this and are scared for other reasons. And so knowing that we're kind of all in it together is comforting for me too. So I just sort of find like a little solace in that, you know. And that is very big of you. But at the same time, I think that is wonderful that like that's your actual like mindset and like you know the reality and you don't live in like emotion and like stay there. Like, you know, some people sort of just like, ruminate and like stay in their emotion and cannot come out of it right you you know the like overarching is that like it could be worse for the most part none of this is actually necessary but I will say this it is almost like mourning the loss of your happiness because not that you need these things to be happy but that these are the things when you're a little girl, you know, you see people having baby showers, you see people having weddings, you see people doing these things that are marking milestones in your life. And like, you come to expect it, you look forward to it. It like brings your heart so much joy. It feels like it's just part of the process. And like losing those elements to me and not to make you feel worse. And I know you already feel this way, but to me feels like you're mourning the loss of like, these things like there it's there's like a death of these things yeah and we it and it's all about balance right i mean we talk a lot on this show about celebrating things and making things feel celebratory and fun and that is needed is it necessary not always but for emotional like happiness it sort of is um and so yeah it's the celebratory element of this entire experience has been ripped away um 
it's not taking away from the fact that I can still do this and have a healthy baby. Those things don't need to happen in order for me to deliver a healthy child. It just, yes, it does suck. And I live in a world of balance where I can say I am grateful that I am healthy and that the baby is healthy so far and hopeful that this will all go fine. But I also live in a world where I'm disappointed and sad that none of these that I don't get to experience those things that make the milestone feel like a marked celebratory occasion. I'm go, not going to lie. That sucks. But at the end of the day, if it came down to it and you held a gun to my head and said, baby shower or healthy baby, obviously we all know what we would fucking pick. So absolutely. And guess what? So there is something to celebrate. The fact that by the time we do celebrate the baby, you will be able to drink again. And that is the best news I could ever imagine. Life is complicated. We know that, especially now. But that doesn't mean that we should sacrifice our health because we don't have the ability to know what's going on in the future. We know, guys, we got you. In my life, I can relate. I've been getting ready for a baby, construction on a new house, homeschooling my 10-year-old stepdaughter, and trying to keep my love life alive. Trust me, there is not a lot of time to spend in the kitchen. This is why we're thrilled that Iconic Protein has partnered with us for this episode to help uncomplicate things by giving all of our listeners 25% off their first order. Iconic keeps us energized while we're working from home, which everyone is, squeezing in our at-home workouts, which hopefully you're trying to do, or just keeping everything else afloat. And they only use grass-fed milk protein, which is richer in beneficial nutrients, which we all need, and keeps you fuller longer because who knows when you're going to get your next meal in. If you're looking for a quick pick-me-up or craving a nutritious yet delicious snack, Iconic Protein Drinks are low-sugar, low-calorie, low-carb, and you can count on them to taste really, really good with none of the guilt. They have a variety of delicious flavors, including chocolate truffle, who doesn't like that, cafe latte, which has some caffeine in it for a little pick-me-up, vanilla bean, turmeric ginger, which reduces inflammation and keeps you healthy, and cacao and greens, which has a full daily serving of organic vegetables. And you guys, they are rated number one for the best tasting protein shake on Amazon. Do you know how many things are on Amazon? all the things and they're number one. So you're welcome. We're currently obsessed and we know you will be too. So use the code complicated to get 25% off your first iconic order on drinkiconic.com or Amazon. She's intuitive and can communicate with animals. So let's hear what she has to say about communicating with the opposite sex. Welcome to the show, Donna. Hey, Donna. Hi. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here. We are, yeah. So excited to have you here. Say the same thing. Like, I, this is, we love this kind of stuff. Intuitive thinkers, people are, who, who are really connected. Um, Jen and I are firm believers in this. We think that it, like, especially right now, people are really, like, yearning for connection. And we just think your gift is so awesome. So we're, like, so excited. But we also know that you work a lot with couples and um, energies and that aspect. So we want to know, we want to hear from you, your relationship status right now. Are you single? Are you taken? It's complicated. What is it? Well, actually, I'm engaged and I've been engaged for 15 years. And um, 
we have no um it's we live together obviously and it's a pretty good relationship it feels like we are married but we are not really rushing to alter or i'm not rushing to alter i think the engagement is perfectly fine for me um it works so that's um that's my relationship status love that why do you think that you know being engaged is more in something you'd like to do versus getting married you never know um whether this is <laughs> so funny you know i mean i don't like to be tied down to so to speak and um the main thing is i think if you find a good man i mean if like it depends, right? If you want to get married, sure, get engaged and get married. But if you're somebody like me who does not want to get married really, but I do want to have a relationship, then just, um, or somebody, you know, nice person who you can rely on and so on, then um, the engagement is enough because you, but you do, you cannot be without the engagement because if you just live with the guy and you don't get the rank in the beginning, then the guy just doesn't feel that he's committed to you. And it makes him feel, well, maybe there is a bigger better thing out there and then eventually it's not going to work out and you're going to have to worry that he is going to stray or do some bad stuff so the ring is kind of like um um show it's more for the guy to be honest because it makes him to feel committed and I, i agree with that donna because i feel like i'm engage and we never did like a wedding ceremony or anything but it to me it felt like that was the big thing obviously the wedding is a big thing but like that felt like the big thing like yes Yes. besides legally signing a document that says you're married like and and the ceremony whatever that looks like for you whether it's a big party or whether it's super private like at this point we're outwardly committed to each other so I kind of felt like that was a really big step and then the wedding was just like a follow-up kind of a thing. Yes, exactly. And besides, um, it, the wedding is actually not as important. And it's easier um, once you get the man to commit with the ring, that's it. I mean, he's not going to go anywhere. Um, because men are really um, very basic. And I don't mean it wrong way. But they're very basic, right? They want to go out there. They want to bring home the food. They want to be appraised for it. Just like in the old times when we used to live in caves. It's like truly nothing really changed. They still have this instinct. And so when you the ring is a symbol of it's almost like you put a collar and leash on him like if you and you tie him down and but also for him it means that you belong to him like you his woman and so now he's gonna do whatever he can to support you to provide to do everything which he would never do if you have just had let him run free around right so to get then ring means to him more than to you actually as i noticed from my work the commitment it's like you basically locking him down okay and you get a ring so that's actually great so it really win-win for the woman right yes 
So what I always recommend or when we with my clients, um, you know, it like when you date, you have to decide and pretty much the woman always calls the shot like that. You can never give the men don't even want the control in the relationship. I mean, you got to do it smart way, but um, they just let, they, they want you to decide. They want you to, you know, hold the reins um, because what happens is you have to you have to choose. You have to decide, OK, am I, I'm going to just have fun and run around and you know just date for fun that's okay you don't want to get a ring from you know good looking bad boys right Right. but you when you find when you decide you want to have a long committed relationship then you look you have a different criteria and you look for somebody who is going to give you that ring and you have to really get that ring within first Six months is the maximum. After six, you have to really be a leader in that relationship. And just by the book, first three months, you have to be exclusive. And after the next three months, you have to get that ring. And if he doesn't give you that ring, you will kick him to the curb because he's too much work. He has a, he's a commitment phobic and he's taking it slowly. Well, you know what? It doesn't work because if he does not want to give you that ring in the six months, you're going to push and push and pull and it's going to be a real pain in the butt for you. And it could also create like resentment and tension potentially. So you think, so in your experience and expertise, you think six months is a good enough amount of time to be in a committed relationship and decide that then you're going to take that next step to put a ring on it. Yes. If you're looking, because when you as a girl looking for, a relationship you going into it with saying okay i'm going to be with this man this is the man to tie down because and then only then you pursue for the ring otherwise it's a you know you're just having fun and you don't want to bother with asking him for the ring but yes if it's the right guy you do have to put your foot down and however you do it you do it now i will tell you how i did it (laughs) because okay my guy definitely is like you know the older the man get the worse it is with a commitment because it's like I always like to um, compare the man to a dog and I love animals so it's not a bad comparison but it's just like you um, when you get a new puppy it has no experience right so it doesn't have a bad experience so it's easy and eager to do everything just like when you are dating in your 20s or you get a guy who you know in when you're young they have the guy has no bad experience they don't have a past so everything is easy they ready to get married they don't care when you are dating in your 30s you know late 30s or early 40s you're going for a guys who already been married probably who's had bad experiences they hurt so they already you know in the dog world they've been around they've been put to the shelter they've been adapted and back in a shelter so they have a terrible experiences and they're scared so what um, you have to know that and you have to approach these guys with the past such a way that you are patient, but in the same time, you are putting your foot down. You got to have a firm leash because if you let the guy decide, they are so scared and so panicky, they will never commit. They don't want to because they're scared. They go, you can be completely perfect for them, but they will still go back to the trauma they got from the previous relationship. So... What you do is, or at least what I did, but it's pretty much, um, you know, I think it works for everybody. You have to approach that relationship in the beginning 
you gotta like a chess game you have to put your feelings aside kind of you know this is a good guy that you want him to commit you want that ring from him so but don't don't let yourself to fall in love yet. You have to put it kind of into the box and you're going to take it out once you have everything in place as you want it. So first, like in my own experience, my guy was already divorced twice, no kids, but he, the second wife, did a horrible number on him. She took all his money. I mean, she did, you know, the typical gold digger person. Because so he basically end up with nothing and terribly, terribly disappointed, scared of women. However, he is a very strong person. He's very um, good in business. He's successful. So he had a great, you know, so he was worth the hustle for me, basically, to to do this. So um, the first three months, we, I, we become exclusive. And he was all about that. That was fine. He was going for it like with no no stops, no stops, all stops pulled, as you say, because he also, you know, he's Aries, so he's a fire sign, and he goes for it like with full force. However, when it was after the three months, he started to backpedal a little bit because suddenly, you know, the old habits and the old experiences kicked in, and he was thinking, oh my God, you know, it's all the PTSD basically. And he was um, start to pull back. We everything was okay, but then he was not as forthcoming. And so I remember it vividly because my my goal was this is the guy. This is you know this is the guy who is gonna give me this ring. So I remember being um, at dinner with him, <clears throat> and I said, well, three months are behind us. So now we gotta we gotta plan to move together that's the next step right or something like that and I remember but I was just testing him I was not planning it was just a test because I was not to move together with him before he gives me the ring so I remember him he just like look at me funny and he said well yeah you can move in with me if you want but it was like no commitment there. It was just absolutely, I just knew he's scared. He's not going to do anything. He's like, it's not commitment for him. So I um, said, okay, fine. That was very nice. But when we went, got home, I'm like, okay, sorry, I'm going home by myself. Then I really pulled, I call it, I really took the whip and I just did not let him talk to me I didn't you would not not, not talking to me that's not, not at all picking up his phone calls basically I iced him, iced him for a week and then from that was the breaking point and then he came back he had already planned in place and he was all about moving forward together and um, this was about a month. I gave him a goal that by the July 4th, I'm going to have the ring or this is over. And by the July 4th, I got it. Wait, so wow. you told him that out loud, like, I want the ring by July 4th? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay, this is really, really great. I love Jen and I talk a lot about like owning what you want and saying what you want and expressing it. And a lot of women, I think, in at least American culture are taught to like play hard to get or play aloof or play cool because they don't want to look desperate or, you know, and I think that there is ways to say what you want and what you expect without coming off. Like it doesn't mean desperation. That's like a, that's a myth that people attach to someone who owns their feelings. And I think what you did was just you saying what you want, but 
questioned on it. So when he got to the point where he was, you know, in this committed relationship with you, it was three months. And then he was like, um, you know, having the PTSD and, and pulling back and all those things, which is probably totally normal psychologically. Right, right. How did, you, how did you not take that personally? Like, did you have moments where you were like, okay, this is probably what's going on. It's probably from his past trauma. But like, how did you also not say to yourself, well, what if he's just not that into me anymore? What if he just doesn't like me that much? Or what if he's any of those other insecurities that might run through your mind? Like, how did you balance that? Well, because, okay, you, I don't, I knew 100% that's what it is, that's PTSD. Because first of all, this is something what I want to tell the single people, be the guys or women, okay? you Before you start truly looking for a partner, you have to be healed yourself. You cannot attract a, somebody who is going to be strong and solid and all that if you yourself are broken if you are don't having if you not have enough self-love if you feel all oh, these are all my shorts coming I'm insecure I'm this and that there is always a bigger and better thing no you have to be completely self-assured completely whole completely healthy and healed and only then you can actually attract the good person like because I mean I dated my my series of super crazy people before I came to the good one. How did you meet your guy? Actually, <laughs> that was very funny because my ex-boyfriend introduced us. Wow. <laughs> well, okay, this was a long time ago and we and this ex-boyfriend was just like we dated for like a month because um and uh, but we really were more friends and he was super uh, we had always so much fun together, but we were not like good romantically so but i've been friends with him even though i dated other people and so every time i would date the wrong guy then i called him and we want to go out and you know and and go for a drink and he would always kind of build me up and he would say always god i can't believe you're dating all these assholes so finally i'm gonna have to find you a good guy right and so actually he did because he's been through uh, all these bad people and finally he found a person who he liked they've been friends and then he kind of on a sly introduced us then he neither of us knew we we're gonna meet but he um made it he met me in a in um in a bar in in peninsula hotel and then he asked um my boyfriend to come there too and we just you know and so we just got together and we connected and that was it Wow. That's awesome. And that's a great uh, ex-boyfriend of yours to actually be so selfless to set you up. I wish somebody would set me up. I'm still waiting. Well, maybe someone's working on that right now. But with all of the coronavirus, you know, isolation stuff happening, it's hard because everyone's just like in their own little bubble. So actually, Donna, this could be a great time for people to really be paying attention to like getting themselves in line so that when they do meet that person, they are really self-assured and full with love for them, for their own selves. And then they can, you know, either recognize when it's not right or when it's just when something like that happens, like it did with you, that it's just their, the other person's trauma and not to take it personally. 
Yes, absolutely. Because actually, there was something I was thinking about when people are now isolated and and they have the time to do this. They have time to really, um, you know, prepare yourself and to um, to meet the right person. Because in my work with people, I get so many um, my clients, singles. You know, they they date these bad people. Be you know, guys date the wrong girls, girls date the wrong guys. And they always ask me, okay, well, tell me when I'm going to have, when I'm going to meet the guy, when I'm going to meet the one. And I always say, not yet, you know, it's going to take a while. Like I, you know, because I, the work I do, I can see when. So I say five years and three years and everybody's, oh my God, that's long. I'm like, you're not ready. You're not ready because you still have all these blocks and these old programs running and you have all these, you know, um, um, unhealed wounds in your energy and in your system you can be you cannot attract the good person you are not just you're gonna just keep attracting the bad you know the wrong people you've been attracting until now so this is the quarantine is absolutely perfect time for the singles to make to get themselves ready so first of all i think um you know, any spiritual work you do on your own is really great. But um, mainly, I would encourage to you to look at things from your past and which repeats all the time. When you date the same person and it never works out. I mean, you date a different person, but really it's the same guy all the time, guy with a problem, and it, it never works out. So that that indicates that there is something actually in your energy, in you, what causes this, you know? Maybe, like, for example, I have this client who is a lovely person. He is a doctor. He's very accomplished. But he attracts terrible users, women. Like, every single time, they're very pretty, but they very kind of, he likes, unfortunately, just like a plastic look. But, um... He really is a lovely, lovely guy. He wants to be married. He wants to be committed, but he can't attract, if no matter what, he cannot attract the right person. Then he always goes out with the wrong girl who is trying to take advantage and she breaks his heart, breaks his heart. So when we look into it, I see that he's not deserving. Of course, he's totally not deserving. We went, we did a lot of work going back and reprogramming and finding what blocks this uh, this not deserving thing you know where it happened because there is these blocks come from your present life but also from your past life so you have to target both and he was absolutely it was not deserving he was never enough in neither of his past lives or they he was enough also in his present situations always like he never had enough grades for his parents he would do things which he didn't enjoy just because he felt he is not important enough or deserving enough to do better. So, and that really translated into his relationship. So now we're working on him to become more deserving. So what I want to go back to this uh, quarantine times, this is a perfect timing to observe what you, you know, your past and what happened and just kind of break it down or even get a guidance from somebody to see what is the block which prevents you moving forward that's awesome advice so like looking at patterns seeing what repeats what are some other things that people like me i'm single you know could do at home one thing i did just like to note is i revamped my dating profiles to reflect the times i also have been like meditating regularly but like what are other things we could be doing 
yeah other things i recommend is this is i love cord cutting cutting negative cords with people in your life and also with your your uh, blocks and with your influences so let's say you know you are um feeling that you don't have you always helping others but you never help yourself first you're feeling used right so there is in, not enough self-love or so you can take all these experiences you can first i would recommend for everybody actually to cut cords with your past negative cords with your past with your past boyfriends with your past with the people who hurt you because this is a nice clean slate to start with now we um the negative cords you know because as a um, living beings we on the earth we are all connected with cords now these cords many of them are loving cords and light cords but also many of them are dark cords negative cords now you can have negative cords with people you love that doesn't you can totally if you have a bad i mean that I'm, i'm using the word bad sorry that's my language barrier the when you have a there is a challenge you you don't like something about your boyfriend or your husband there is some you know some negative quality you don't like you can cut that cord which is between you and him and this negative relationship this negative thing is going to be removed but yet you're going to retain this person in your life so cord cutting is very important and is super simple but is very effective so what you do is you basically if you meditate you put yourself into meditative state you just sit quietly you deep you breathe deeply i would say breathe deeply six times and on the sixth time hold your breath wait until you cannot you feel you're going to suffocate and then bring down once you exhale then you bring down a light from the from the universe through the top of your head and let it float through you now once you and let it just float up and down really feel the energy moving through your body and when you are nice and calm and just in that meditative state then focus that light in your heart chakra in the middle of your chest and then send out a stream of light about 6 feet in front of you and on the end of the light create a big light bubble now into the bubble ask all these negative people or people you know you know you have a negative cords like a dependency or they are they are trying to you know they are using you or not even using you let's say that i had a case like you had a family members you know who are too demanding or your um, significant other is doing things you don't approve of you know all these things you want to remove so put all these people inside a bubble put there also things you don't like in your life like maybe you don't you're not deserving so put that not deserving feeling there or maybe you don't feel pretty enough to put that not feeling pretty enough into that bubble and then one then just sit and with your inner eyes look and see from that bubble there are going to be black cords which attaches to you these black cords you will see them some people have them on the throat sometimes some people have them on their hands arms some people are just completely they see like this forest of black roots like just completely overpowering them so once you clearly see these dark cords you're going to ask your guides and it doesn't matter if you know your guides or not they always there ask your guides to give you a weapon and cut they give you something whatever it is it can be a it can be a sword axe it can be a, some people get electric core i mean all kind of thing it can be anything 
cut, and then you you're gonna cut all these cords, like cut them really well, and then rip them out of your energy. Once you're done, you take big deep breath, bring a gold light through the top of your head, and wash yourself from inside out with this gold light. Everything, all these little wounds on your energy, they will be healed and sealed with this gold light and you end up sitting in this beautiful gold bubble then you you put your attention towards the bubble with those negative people and negative you know whatever it's gonna be dark so now you have a choice if these are people who you love and you want to hold on to them then what you're gonna do you're gonna send white light to that bubble and you're just gonna heal everything what's inside and just push it away let it heal let it let it turn white and then you just push it away and that's it if you only have like a bad influences or addictions you want to get rid of then just burn it. You can burn it with the light. You can tear it apart. You can kick it to the universe. You can do whatever. So th that's up to you. So this is, and then you bring your light back once you're done and you can open your eyes and you be, you back to the room and you're done. So cord cutting is extremely important. You can do it as many times as you want and it really helps. It's very helpful. It's, it's really, really powerful. That sounds really powerful. And the visual aspects that you're giving are really helpful. And I think people really need to like take some time right now whether while they're alone and in their own space to access these types of things because you're intuitive. And I personally believe that we all have this ability, but we just don't for whatever reason have access to it or we're not aware that it's there. Yes. Um, but and so obviously coming from someone like you who is intuitive and does have access to this sense, this is a great way to try to tap into it, even if you know it's on a lower level than what you have experienced in a on a daily basis. It's still access to that part of our minds and it's very powerful. Oh, for sure. I 100% agree with you because we all have the intuition. The only, we all can actually communicate telepathically. We can all do it, but we are, you know, the, um, the society, like I would say evolve. It's like just we become lazy and why would we communicate telepathically when we can talk, right? Mm -hmm. So it's all these, all these in, um, gifts, so to speak, or this, this um, how do you say, um, part, um, gosh you don't have the word but anyway so all this intuition and this part of the intuition got kind of pushed down and it's the intuition is like a muscle if you don't work it it gets soft so you have to really work you know you have to work out almost every day to get it back to shape and then you can really be great i mean you don't have to do what i do but you can use it in regular life and it's very very helpful so um, one thing I want to actually say also what people should really, it's the rule of 30 seconds. Everybody can do it. Now, the rule of 30 seconds is especially helpful, helpful when you're meeting new people. Because as we all have the intuition, when you meet a new person, in the first 30 seconds, you get complete, correct picture of this person. Like, you know how you go somewhere, to, let's say, to the party, and then you meet some people, you like them instantly, and some people you don't. So if you pay attention to your, 
to that feeling in the first 30 seconds, which is kind of short period of time, but it hits you instantly. You're like, I like the person, I don't. And go with that feeling because that is correct. After 30 seconds, your brain and your analytical mind takes over and you start to justify things. You know, this person, yeah, maybe I didn't like them, but they are pretty and they are fun and cute. And so it's okay. You know, they're going to be good people, but then they are not. Because the, your intuition is never, never wrong. So rule of 30 seconds, I, I highly recommend. Even if you look online, you know, you're looking on the dating apps and stuff. And when you see picture of somebody, just look at them. The first 30 seconds will tell you everything about that person. Oh my God, Gwen, is that music to your ears? I feel sometimes that I'm looking at people and like I might be too picky because I'm judging them based on these images and I don't get to meet them yet. So it's hard to like tell. But like if somebody puts sarcasm in their bio, like I, that immediately turns me off because I'm like, why are you using this first impression to be sarcastic and sort of negative toward the process? So I write people off immediately. But people in the past have said to me that I'm being too picky. I'm not giving people a chance. How am I going to find anybody if I'm doing this? But I feel energetically that they're putting out that they're not really open to the process and that they actually don't want to find somebody if that's what they're reflecting of themselves. Yes, absolutely. Go with your intuition because you know what? You don't have to, why would you push yourself to go out with somebody you don't feel correct about? You know, your gut instinct is telling you, no, stop. And the more we learn to trust the intuition, the less mistakes you make, you know, because the intuition always guides you towards the right outcome. But we don't hear it because we are so saturated with, you know, we so, with all the chatter, you know, all the, all the outside and we're too busy. We don't hold focus too well. So we don't really... Um, put intuition onto, we don't put it too much of a high value to the intuition. And that's very wrong because actually that intuition and trusting it can save you a lot of heartache. How can you tell if something is your intuition speaking to you or if it's like a fear or chatter? How do you know the difference? Well, um, you know what, that takes a little bit of training, but generally, you know, um, that fear or chatter is going to be negative, you know, and it's going to be something which is going to um, give you a very um, bad feeling, like a fear, so, you know, it's going to be very, um, it never will tell you nice things. It's going to tell you, okay, well, you're not good enough for this guy. You're not pretty enough. You know, don't try it. He is going to cheat on you anyways. Stuff like that, you know. Um, and that is that is um, your lower self-talking. Those are your fears and those are your uh, past blocks. So you, as soon as you see that is negative towards you, towards your person, then you know this is not right. Okay, so that that makes sense. So if it's a negative voice going through your head, normally yeah. you can attribute that to like a past insecurity or fear mm -hmm. that's bubbling up and not a gut feeling. Yes. Now, if you see, let's say, because we do in relationships, so let's say you see a picture of a good-looking guy, right? On the, and you really like him. But, I mean, let's say... The first 30 seconds, the guy is really, he's really handsome, great body, whatever, right? But you have this feeling like, oh, he's full of himself and he's going to be a totally high maintenance, right? So this is a good, this is, this is your intuition telling you stay away because it's good for you. 
you know it's like it 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 protects you it um gives you warning but if it's if you hear saying oh he's good looking but you know you're not good enough for him he's deaf oh he has so many girls like why would he pick you well that is your lower self okay that and see that's a that's actually a clear difference like we ask this question all the time and that's like the first time we've gotten an answer like that and that makes sense i think identifying the difference between a fear and a gut that's a really good way to tell because they're close but they are slightly different yes and absolutely it's your uh, gut instinct and your guides they always have your well-being you you are the most important thing for them so they always try to protect you okay on you come first and but in the fears and the lower self that tries to always bring you down you know they you you always like the last person on the list and they always tell bad things about you but if you feel if the intuition is saying bad things about other people well that's because they protecting you okay that makes sense so i have a question really quickly about um we were talking about what singles can do during this time sorry to mm-hmm. but um so in terms of dating, people are dating online, they're swiping, there's all these different things dating companies are doing right now to digitally date and keep this going. Do you mm-hmm. think energetically now is a bad time to meet somebody because this might, like the whole coronavirus thing might be affecting people's fears or how they're living their lives every day? Do you think this is a bad time? You know, I think it's um, really... No, I don't think it's a bad time. You know, you just have to, it's as good time as ever, as any other time. You know, all you have to do is to be guided your intuition and by your intuition and just observe the rule of 30 seconds and just go into it with clear head, you know, like don't get distracted by, go into it with uh, knowing exactly what you want. Do you want just a fling or just have a good time? Fine. Do you want a real relationship and the guy eventually is give you the ring? Then also it's a different way, you know? So I, I don't think it's a, you know, I think definitely there is more hysteria and everything now, but I think as far as for dating, you know, it's just as good time as any. And it, and, it could be a really good time and maybe even a better time if you're taking first a little beat and a and a, a section of your personal time to focus on you. It could even be better because now you're in a better state to start off from. Yes, exactly. And also, I would really um, encourage um, everybody to really make your list what you want. You know, not a crazy list, okay? Because sometimes people make like unrealistic list. But just put down things what you really want in the partner, like some simple stuff which is important to you, and then um, but and then put and do the don't want list, you know, and put just the basic things on it too. Like for me personally, I have only one thing which I don't want I mean that one thing but for example I would never date anybody who is an alcoholic or any type of addict ever I would never because you cannot change them that's it you you do you are signing for doom and gloom you will never change them they will ruin you and you still will not help them next thing is I would never date anybody who doesn't hold a job right who does who cannot support you because men's job is to support you i don't mean like you know i'm not talking about being user or no but men is preconditioned to take care of the family and of the woman and the woman gives back in a different way so now the other thing also is 
you I don't want to have a cheater. That's something which I if people if person is cheater, you cannot you don't because that is not gonna change either. So those are those are the things I um you know I or if you want kids, another thing, if you want kids, you cannot have person who does not want kids from the beginning because they, that will not change either. So those are like you should have a really clear guidelines, very simple guidelines, what you want and you don't want, and then employ the rule of 30 seconds. Cut your cords and work on yourself first before you go out there because then you really have a chance of getting the person you want. One thing I want to say, don't settle too. Don't settle. Like everybody thinks they have to have the person right now. I mean, you know, it's not true. Just be picky and get what you really want. Love that. Yeah. Very encouraging. And also you're sort of touching on a lot of the things that people tell themselves not to do because they feel like it might um, limit the pool of people they're dating. And, you know, they might take it personally and feel like, Oh, I'm the one who's too picky. I'm pushing people away. But like, you're allowed to be picky. It's your life. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And also, you know, why would you, it again depends if you just want to go out. I like for me personally, when I was dating and if somebody, if I broke up with a boyfriend and I was in like a sad place and I didn't want to be in the sad place, I, I had a friend of mine who ran a, a dating service. They, and very, very, um, maybe you heard about it, the millionaires, millionaires matchmaker. So I was, she was my friend and she, I would always call her, say, Hey, Patty, I really, I broke up with my boyfriend and I need you to set me up on dates. I don't want nothing serious. I just want to go out there and date and be wine and dine and feel pretty, you know, and good. And that's totally like helped me to kick everything off. But that's because, and I, but it would be like, I wanted to just have fun. I was not looking for nothing serious, you know? So when we, I was not picky, I didn't care. It was just like, as long as the guy was nice and fun and good, you know, like for, we went out for date for once or twice and that was it. But if then I decided I want to have, um, I want to, you know, look for a potential long time partner, then you're really picky and you go about it different way. Yeah, the approach is all different. So um, back to the energy and talking about like why this time is so different because of the virus and things that are happening and energetic alignment and all that. We have like a two-part question here. So how do you think that this virus and pandemic is affecting everyone's energy? A lot of people have theories about... um, the world giving us a message to like slow down and stop like polluting things and um and take more care and more caution and all of that so like first part how do you think this is energetically affecting everyone like the human race and then second part if we're going to get a little more specific how does a couple use this time to energetically align if they need to do that so, to answer your first question, I think actually all these theories, uh, my personal theory, or not theory, of something what I, um, information I got from my guides, is that um, this uh, coronavirus is indeed is uh, just the very beginning of what's going to be happening with the earth, because truly the humankind is just out of control. Is overpopulation, overpollution. Nobody really tries to. Everybody talks about it, but they don't really put the finger on the right issues. 
and so the earth is being completely killed off but earth is gonna survive and is going to fight back and so this and it's gonna do it since humans are not helping it's gonna do it herself and so the coronavirus is just a very very little tiny beginning of things to come so that's gonna be these natural disasters you know diseases all type until the human because humans have to kind of wake up and realize that they cannot be going on like they've been going and they have to really start taking care of things and just be more cautious of what how they live and what they're doing and just address all these issues so that's you know that's the but also to kind of say something more positive about this is that i was told that this coronavirus is not as bad as everybody makes it sound and that is going to be over soon Oh, that is so good. But you think like other natural earth things are like going to happen in sequence to like keep remind like in a way to keep reminding us to like you know mm-hmm. that the world is bigger and more powerful in nature and yeah. all to pay attention and respect it. Yes, exactly. Okay. And, you know, I mean, this question, we can go on and on because it's not all of the disasters going to be actually natural. There's going to be some which are created and that goes more some more into the conspiracy theories. And I mean, I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist person at all. OK, never been. But the information I receive from my guides, it is kind of actually support some of it, not everything. But there are there is a very powerful group which is trying to rule the earth and it's been doing it for ye- for ages hundreds and hundreds of years and they will try to control and do um create natural disa- disasters which look natural uh, diseases which you know all kind of stuff so it's going to be combination between the natural disasters and created and uh, it's going to be so close the line is going to blend between for us regular people to actually even know what's natural and what's not interesting so in order to prepare for that like obviously we don't know what all that will look like let's just say that this is all what's actually going to transpire what can we do at home to like take care of the people we love our relationships like if we can't save the earth tomorrow Mm -hmm. what can we do at least in our own homes with our couple you know, I always say, like, actually, from because um, when my clients uh, come to see me now in this in this uh, chaotic times, people more than ever need to, you know, speak uh, to somebody. Um, I actually realize, I actually noticed that uh, the couples are doing better than ever. It com- it's um, it uh, brings them closer together. It's almost like they face now, because, you know, our society leads a very sheltered life. We don't know anything about, like, when you go back to Middle Ages, you know, this type of things was an everyday order. I mean, the plague and all that stuff, that was pretty normal. And so, but we are not used to it. And so this is type of, this is very stressful for us and scary, but couples actually they go back, they are more strong for it. They more, I notice that they work together more, like they get closer. But um, 
what I want to recommend for people who maybe experience frustration, because that's some couples, not everybody. Some couples who experience frustration and their relationship is still not completely resolved. And, you know, now they both are cooped up in the house and they don't know what to do. I um, recommend something what I work, what I do in my couples therapy. And it's a chakra alignment. And it's an extremely powerful thing. And it's actually a great way for both for the couple to work together. And you don't have to be like a spiritual person. It's more you can approach it more like an exercise. And it works. I had people all kind of diff- all different beliefs who actually did the chakra alignment. And they love it. So everybody knows that you have main chakras. You know, you need to know where the chakras are. And a little bit also you need to know what they're for. So you have the crown chakra, which is on the top of your head, which actually is... Um, going it that connects you with the spiritual wisdom then you have ear chakras which not everybody knows on the side of your head just between your eyebrows and your temple those are ear chakras and they are very intuitive this is how you hear um voices of your guides but also unfortunately they get blocked by negative talking so Ear chakras are very important in relationship are super important because that's how we hear our partner Now, next chakra is your third eye in the middle of the forehead, which guides your intuition. Then you have a throat chakra in the middle of your throat, which governs communications and your creativity. Now, couples usually have the throat chakra very close because when they are going through challenging times, I notice that they don't either they don't speak to each other, they don't say exactly what they want to say, or they speak, but the other person doesn't hear them. So this chakra gets very frustrated and is shut. Then you have a thro- um, heart chakra in the middle of the chest, which governs the universal love. Then you have a navel chakra or a solar plexus. And that is kind of like when your ribs meet on the diaphragm. And that is your energy battery. That's how you push forward. I call it the business chakra. That's how you create you know, your life. Then you have a sacral chakra, two inches below your belly button. And that is all about relationships, about emotions, and also sexual relationships. And then you have root chakra, which is on the end of the spine. Like I always say, we sit on the chakra. And that is a chakra of material well-being and security. I also call it the money chakra because people who have a money struggle always have that block. Um, then you have a feet chakras on the bottom of your feet. There are two chakras which ground you to which, which ground you to the earth, and also they are kind of part of fight and flight instinct. And then lastly, you have a chakras in your hands, in the palms of your hands, and this chakra is very healing. Because all of us are healers. You can heal if you put your mind to it. So these chakras are healing, but also intuitive. So what I do, I have the couples, and you can do it at home. You just sit in two separate chairs facing each other. And then you go from your crown chakra. You both take a deep breath. I usually have them take a deep breath three times. And on the third time, hold your breath until you cannot... Hold it any longer, and then when you exhale, bring down the white light from the universe, wash it through your body, get yourself into meditative state, and now you can start. You focus the the light first on your crown chakra, which is on the top of your head, and I have them first spin it. 
eight times clockwise and eight times counterclockwise. Now your chakra is ready and now both of you push light out of the chakra towards the other person. So I, I say align your chakras. Push, put your chakras together. Basically, send light from the chakra to connect with the other person. and But be open in the same time because you will find that sometimes you cannot, you the other person doesn't give you an energy. So you can go in and reach and, and bring them out because the goal for couple is to be aligned together, so to have a balanced chakras and be connected with each chakra in balanced way. So if maybe the person doesn't have, you know, it's a little bit closed off on the heart chakra and the other person's chakra is more open, just by all means, like help them out, like reach out and bring them out. Let them know that you love them and just help them. So the energy flows equally between you the equality and the balance is really important yeah that that okay so basically you pick the chakra and you open and and give energy and if you're not feeling energy or not being able to give it you know something's blocked so you just help them with it mm -hmm. and work on that in this like meditative state which makes yeah. perfect sense mm -hmm. You go from, you actually don't pick the chakra, you go one by one. You start with the crown chakra and then you go down to the third eye, ear chakras, throat, heart, and you just do the whole thing, you know. And exactly, you both you both send energy from those chakras to each other at the same time, you know, you align. And then you kind of let it float and you feel what you feel from the other person. You know, sometimes you will feel like messages. You will feel the other person like what is what is their secret things, what they're not telling you, which is good because, you know, people hold things in, especially in the relationship. And yeah. so you kind of get it out and you understand it's it. it ha what happens is the couple, you understand the other person more. Because sometimes you don't have to, you feel, you find their secret, their fears and emotions which they have inside and which you might not necessarily hear from them. Well, you know? yeah. And this is, I mean, this is another form of communication and it doesn't need to be looked at as something that shouldn't be as concrete and, and. Yeah factual as a word coming out of somebody's mouth because even that isn't I mean you can say something to somebody and either you're not hearing it correctly or that person's not communicating using the right words to communicate it correctly so it's just as it can be just as vague or factual to listen to words as it can be to pay attention to feelings and people need to get more I think the human race needs to get a little bit more in touch with the fact that these feelings and these energies are just the same as actual audio words that you hear yes absolutely because you can you can get much more correct informations when you just tapping into somebody's energy than when they saying and also when you have couples you know especially couples if there is a tension we tend to not hear the person we tend to shut your ears because you don't want to the person annoys you so much in that moment you don't want to hear what they're saying right even if they saying valuable informations that's something what I what I found in my work with the couples because 
how I even got to work with couples was that I had a couple who came to me for sessions separately. And each of them was, there was a problems in the relationship and each of them was complaining about other person. But when we work on it, we saw, I saw that both love each other and they want to be together. They totally are perfect for each other. They just don't communicate properly and they do not hear each other. So I start to do couple sessions and it worked really great. Like every session, I mean, there are only three, you just need the three sessions really. And you see huge, huge, um, huge improvements. So, and it worked greatly for them because through the alignment, they were able to truly see how the other person feels about them. I think that, you know, the energetic alignment, like having people like you in conjunction with like a therapist or other forms is like a great. Um, it's a great addition to learning how to communicate because I, I personally think all these forms of communication are just, they're just as important. You also communicate with animals and we just want to like touch on that for a second. Um, so if someone has an animal that's sick or they are trying to get past, um, like a traumatic experience with an animal or anything like that, you can guide with communication and that as well. Yes, absolutely. Anytime, and that's actually how I started with the communicating with animals, and then I also added people um, because it goes hand in hand, really. It's the one soul in different body, just so, so to speak. Do you believe, Donna, that an animal can be like reincarnated into a person or that it's all connected? Because Jen and I have this theory. I had a cat for like 14 years and he was like my baby and he died. And then I got pregnant like shortly thereafter. And Jen and I think that my baby is my cat. Yeah, we hope also. Absolutely, absolutely. And this is something what I also discovered when I started to work as an animal communicator. And it was a shocker because I never knew that. Absolutely. Animals, that's what led me to work with people because the soul is always the same. It does not matter if it has on a physical body of a human or an animal. And animals can reincarnate as people and people can reincarnate as animals. There is no pecking order, which goes completely against all the, you know, a lot of the religions and stuff like that, because they believe you have to be like good and do good to become a person. No, you can actually being today, I am the person, but I can be totally reincarnated back as a mosquito. If there is something what I need to learn in the life of a mosquito. Okay, that makes sense. I like that. I totally agree to that too. I think my cat is going to be learned to be my baby. That's what I think. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely support it because that's what I actually um, incorporate in my animal sessions reading the past lives. Because each, when I do um, animal readings, always there is the past life which comes with the animal shows me a past life they had with um, the person who is now with them. And it's really interesting because they are. You know, sometimes they are still animals. Sometimes they are people. Sometimes the person who now is with the animal guardian is also animal. I had, uh, they all, for example, been a group of wolves or they were three Jagger siblings. You know, I mean, all, all stuff. It's, it's so cool. Amazing. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is amazing. And obviously we're so fortunate we've gotten to speak with you, but how can other people speak with you and do the deep sessions that you've been telling us about in terms of going into their past and who they're aligned with and all of the soul training that they need to do? How can people reach you and work with you? 
Okay, so right now for the people session, I would um you they can connect me connect with me uh, via my um, email because my website is being under construction. So my email is um, Dana Communicates at yahoo.com. And they can schedule sessions with you regarding couples, relationships, animals, any of the intuitive gifts that you you um, can guide them. Yeah. For animals, actually, my animal website is up. So if they want to go on animal website, my website is www.danadvorakanimalcommunicator.com. And that's full-fledged website for animals, so they can book an animal session and um, whatever they need. And they can actually, and if they want people session, they can for convenience, they can contact me via my email and just for a people session as well. Okay. And where can everyone find you on social media? Oh uh, my gosh. On my Instagram is, um, I believe I'm under my name, Dana Dvorak. Uh, you know, it's, you're all alone and isolated right now. It's a perfect time for all this. So find Dana and make sure you, you know, pay attention to these other things. I have also a YouTube channel, so you can just type my name into YouTube. And one of the, one of the videos there is the basic exercise, which is the protection exercise, which is super popular and super important right now. So you can actually go there and look at it and you can do that protection bubble every morning because that's something I highly recommend against the virus, you know, the, all the negative energy, but the, it keeps away the viruses as well. Amazing. Thank you. And we're going to check that out as well. And we'll put the link in the notes for this show. And again, thank you so much for joining us. And then everybody, don't forget to tune in next week for an all new episode where we talk more dating and relationshipy stuff with our guest, love and life coach and podcaster, Veronica Grant. And if you want to join the class of master daters, don't forget to follow us on social media at Complicated Show. And it's complicated wherever you get your podcast. Rate, comment, tell a friend. And you can follow me at Lauren Leonelli on all the social meets. And you can follow me at Jennifer Golden on all the social meets as well. And again, we will be back next week. Love you long time. You're listening to It's Complicated with your hosts, Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. 